0: Encouraged, not burdened by the history that they create. They know what is expected of them. They are Manchester United.
1: Welcome, listeners, to the Busby Babe Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Dams, joined by Sith Lord, Nathan Heinschel, in his uh, hoodie and robe. Um, and we're we're here after Manchester United's return post-World Cup with a 2-0 win over Burnley. And they are now into the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. Uh, Nathan, how, how did it feel watching Manchester United two days after the World Cup final?
0: Um, it felt too soon. But also, it felt nice because the bad man's gone. So, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> I was interested. I didn't get a chance to see any anything that happened um, during the World Cup break. Uh, other than seeing the results, I, did, I didn't go looking for videos or anything like that. Um, I just assumed it was... Ten Hag working with what he had, just trying to get people more comfortable with the system, especially guys that may or may not have really gotten as much playing time uh, while the majority of the starting 11 were playing in the World Cup. Uh, so coming into this game, uh, Burnley's traditionally a, a tough test. A little different under Vincent Kompany, I'd say, but some of, some of those cast of characters that embarrassed Manchester United uh, a couple years ago uh, at Old Trafford were, were there and I don't know that, despite United playing uh, definitely not first choice 11, uh, definitely not a first choice 18, uh, they got the job done, and I think that's the most important part. Um, so I'm sure there's some section of the fan base that might melt down over the 2-0 result. I I thought it was fine. Uh, no, I don't have complaints. I, I saw a couple things that were like, eh, but no complaints from today.
1: Yeah, I think uh I mean I was I think Burnley should have scored at least once given the way that Martin Dubrovka played in goal for Manchester United. Uh not exactly Ashley,
0: Ashley Barnes had a like a yeah, dead-to-right uh, shot in what the eighty-fifth minute that yeah, really should like that. have touched the back of the net, but I'm glad it didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Casemiro having to play center back next to Victor Lindelof because uh though McGuire is back from the World Cup, he has apparently taken ill. So he was not even in the match day squad and there was only one healthy center back in the 18. So um, pretty good that they were able to keep a clean sheet in that case. Of course, Tyrell Molassio was able to start. Um, many players who uh, got to the quarterfinals of the world cup were able to come in and start. Um, we already mentioned Casemiro, but Bruno Fernandez and Marcus Rashford both started and both looked good. Uh, Marcus Rashford, of course, scored. The second goal of the game, um, charging at Burnley over basically their entire half of the pitch and dribbling past two or three defenders in the, you know, on his way to lashing a shot past uh, a person whose actual name is Peacock Farrell and um, showing us that he is still very much in form uh, as well as, you know, as Polly has mentioned several times in the past and today ahead of our recording this podcast. Rashford can play on the right.
0: Yeah, I was... I wasn't as much surprised that we saw Rashford just simply because the role that he ended up playing for England. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't necessarily play as many minutes uh, kind of coming in for relief uh, either on the left or the right side for, like, the Saka, Fernandez, I was surprised, but then again, also, like, Bruno doesn't take games off, so why should I be surprised that he played this game? Mm-hmm. Um Considering he played so many minutes for Portugal in the world cup, but they did get knocked out, I guess a little bit earlier than some of his other teammates who did not play today. So sure. Why not? Um, I believe I heard Craig Burley though, in the post game say that the yellow card that Bruno picked up today might mean that he is out for the next one. So, you know, Bruno's already, already back in form uh, for United in, in every way possible. Um, Anthony again, wasn't surprised. He, he, he kind of had more of a bit role uh for Brazil and uh Casemiro was pretty significant but also I think Casemiro plays in a position that allowed him to just kind of come back into the squad. Uh seeing him at center back wasn't how I want to see him but yeah it is what it is. <laughs> I mean it was it was potentially better than what it
1: would have been like if McTominay played center back but who knows. I mean uh I, I you know Paulie said this uh before we're we're going to Sound off some politics since he's not here to give them. Um he would he, have preferred. He texted if, him to us. Yeah, yeah. He
0: texted him to us, so we got him.
1: He he would have preferred if Casemiro and McTominay had swapped roles today. Um, and I'm sure you know potentially another couple of United players would have preferred that as well. But it, it worked out. They got a clean sheet. It's it's all fine. Um Aaron Wan though, making his return, Diogo Delo not in the squad, not available after. Returning from Portugal duty. And um i I mean, I have a much higher opinion of Aaron Wambasaka than many other um people who follow Manchester United, whether it be fans, writers, podcasters, whatever. And even I thought so they, I thought this his podcast career, is the
0: safe haven for yeah. Aaron Wan Bissaka because we both like him.
1: Yeah, no, I bought his shirt. I mean, I've, I've, I've still got my stocks. I was holding on. Um, but even, even I thought, you know, his time was coming to an end. I believed it in the summer when Eric Tenog made all those comments about, you know, wanting to work with him and, you know, we've seen from his body of work so far that he has wanted to work with a lot of these players for a reason, because he's been able to get things out of them. And I think today and Juan proved just about everyone that, you know, there's still a player there. Um, He he was obviously instrumental in the goal. Uh, Bruno Fernandez switching the field and hitting a ball over to him. He reaches the byline and then first time midair hits a pullback pass across goal towards Christian Erickson for the tap in. And um, yeah, I mean, mean, it's just really good to see uh, apart from, you know, your team scoring. It's nice to see a player shake the past year or so of everything that's happened to him. You know, his performance is dipping and then basically being a non-existent participant in the squad uh, for most of the year as well. Um, to now, you know, he gets his start. He's probably not going to unseat Diogo Delo. But at this point, if, if if Aaron Wan-Bissaka can put in performances like that, maybe he'll secure a move away. Or, you know, maybe he becomes at least a contributor uh, to some degree again in this United squad. And I think it's good for Tenog if he can if he can trust another right back to come in, because having only one that you can trust is not ideal.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I think in response to the various points that you made there. Um, yeah. I did kind of ramble was, there for a second. I was excited to see Juan Bissaka play pretty well. He had, he had a couple of scary moments there again, where um, his marker got past him. That's what I believe set up the, the, the Ashley Barnes um, almost goal. But, I think as much as I like Juan Basako, I do believe that his time at United is on a timer at this point. Um, maybe in the same way that like Harry Maguire's time at, at United's on a timer simply because uh, whether it's just the vitriol that those two players have had to endure uh, since. Post Ali, them having dips in form, them becoming scapegoats for a lot of, a lot of different things. I'm sure they both wouldn't mind fresh starts as much as they probably really like playing for the, you know, maybe this manager, um, or at least trying to prove themselves to this manager. Um, so I, I think the point that you were getting at that I would agree with too is I think the best case scenario right now, would be Wanda Saka plays well enough that Dalo doesn't have to play every single game. I think Ten Hag will probably still look for a better right back to fit his system in in the summer. But I think the best case scenario is Juan Bissaka is reliable. And then Juan Bissaka is able to uh, get a move that recoups some of the costs that, that United paid for him. He was, for fullbacks, pretty, ex- like, relatively expensive, what they paid for him. Um, not relative, maybe, to just, like, other, you know, transfers at all. But uh, from the fullback position, people were surprised at, I think, how much we paid for him. Um, So if he can recoup those costs and play pretty well for the rest of the season, I I, I think that's probably, like, the most – probably the most juice you you could squeeze from that fruit would be those two outcomes. So that would be exciting, I think. Because I like him and I'd like to see him succeed but I wonder if maybe his level is still at like a crystal palace where he came from, you know?
1: Right. And I mean, he's an ambitious player. So like McGuire, a reason for looking for a move away would be to start every match again. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see a path for him doing that. Even if he plays, you know, without making catastrophic mistakes and improves his game going forward. I don't see him offering the same things that Dello no. has offered because Dello is well, finally exceptional that, like, this, works for this year. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, he's, he's just, he's played so well for both club and country that yeah. um, I, I don't think you can, I, I don't think it would be right to put a stop to that right now just to see what this other guy can do. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it, it was a positive from this game at least. Um, so yeah, Manchester United are back. And, uh
0: they have... say what one negative I never ever want to watch Martin debravka play in goal ever again no whoa he whoa.
1: he almost gifted <laughs> um he almost gifted Burnley a goal with by coming out and punching across that he could have caught very easily and you know when you see a goalkeeper charge outside of the six yard box, to maybe about the penalty area, you expect them to think that they're going to grab it and then not just double fist it well, away.
0: That, that is a little bit more indicative of modern goalkeeping. Um, at least a little bit that I've gotten to experience just working on a team side or talking with other uh, goalkeeping coaches. Like punching away is, I guess, the analytical route to go generally outside of catching um unless you do have a goalkeeper that is super tall and can jump and's got good hands in which case you're like all right cool catch it um but generally it's the safer play usually to punch the ball out of the box and um, not but, directly at adberley like that that was <laughs> that was v bad <laughs> like yeah. holy shit um and then the very
1: it, next play he almost he like loses the ball while he has it at his feet and it almost rolls into
0: the goal behind him I'd almost count that as Techers had he scored that because it was like this really weird. It's so dumb. It's outside of the foot. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Um, I tweeted from the Busby Babe account today during the game. I was like, because this is, I think this is the really the first time we're, we're all getting to watch him play. And it was just like, one, I forgot that he played for United and then that we had signed him. And I made the joke that he was like, I thought he was an NFT. Now I wish he was because, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, De Gea... Because I don't want that to be real. <laughs> De, De, De Gea doesn't have to worry about losing his job. Um, I know they didn't tack on another year to his contract, but yeah, <laughs> at, no, least, at least for the fi- final part of this year, I don't think De Gea needs to worry about uh, yeah. not playing.
1: Yeah, no. the The job is his until the summer when either he leaves or maybe signs a new contract i actually i mean we can talk about this a little bit if we want because that did happen yesterday i think if they were actually trying to like seriously negotiate a new contract for him they would have triggered the one-year extension because i don't think he agrees Mm -hmm. to a new contract unless it's near what he's earning right now which is a significant amount of money
0: um It's it's the same thing that you see in the nfl with these quarterbacks that uh like lamar jackson you know, he's going to get franchise tag this year as Baltimore tries to.
1: Yeah, he's not playing on the franchise tag either. <laughs> he's he's worth more yeah. than the franchise tag. Um, But but the other thing is, like, if you actually are seriously negotiating, why not buy yourself another year? You know, the, this yeah. is this is something that is totally in the in the club's control.
0: And if Eric Tenag believes the, that, well, the deserves that a new contract, they would have
1: extended him for a year.
0: Yeah. That's the flip side of the conversation because we used to do that. And then we would sit here on this podcast the next year and go like, why don't we trigger that contract? You yeah. know, <laughs> like, <laughs> so it, it, it might've just finally taken its natural course because you've had a couple different managers have success with De Gea. You've seen the analytics people say that De Gea really isn't it anymore. Um, Certainly not if you're trying to play a more modern style, he just doesn't fit that Billy's an old school keeper, why he was so successful in the in the early 2010s. Cause he's a fucking great shot stopper. Uh, um, that's why he
1: he's he was able to stand out when United were so bad, was because yeah. he had to. Like that was that was his that was what his job was, was stopping as many shots as would come at him in a game, which was a lot.
0: Exactly. So I think this is a sign of whoever's running the business side maybe is maturing a little bit and Hey, you know what? Maybe we're, if you sign him to the one-year deal, you're either trying to negotiate to get him on a newer, longer contract, or you're then trying to sell him for a very, very small amount of money because it's not like people are going to pay that much for somebody who's, only got one year on a contract um, in which case then you have to look at like, well, if we're not going to make that much money on a guy who's, I think he's a year older than me. So he's like 32, 33. Um, I mean, how much money are you going to make on De Gea's sale on a one-year contract? So like why pay him the monthly wages while you try and sell them? Right. Uh, I think, I think maybe it's, that's just, that's a calculus.
1: There's a question too, like, with Pogba, what we always talked about in those situations, of like what are the clubs that could afford him and would want him, and the, that yep. list seems like non-existent for David Um Yeah,
0: that's the other thing too. Like, are you going to pay one year for a guy who was he making like four hundred? It's like, a week? like Yeah, it was it was
1: close to Ronaldo's wages, which were like five hundred k a week.
0: Yeah, the the clubs that can pay it, uh, PSG's got Donnarumma; they're fine. Real Madrid has. Um, Courtois, they're fine. Uh, Barcelona has Tristegan, they're fine. Atlético Madrid has Oblak, still fine. Juve's got Chesney, fine. Like, right. Yeah, no one's, no, I mean, outs. And then, like, a Newcastle wouldn't buy him because they have Nick Pope. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So. so, De Gea's gonna, I mean, he just has to leave and then he can negotiate whatever. Um, Halved contract that he's currently making now, and I'll be excited to see him succeed wherever he goes, as long as it's not like in a league.
1: Yeah, I mean he he deserves flowers for what he's done at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a beloved player for a reason, but mm-hmm. um, he's been here ten years now, and uh, there's just not a lot of hope that he would, you know, give much going forward. In addition to he doesn't really fit what Eric Tenog wants from his goalkeeper.
0: So also, if you look at it from a big picture, like, wow, you've had a goalkeeper play that well for 10 years. Like, that's nice. again, that's another situation of like, that's the most, you know, juice you're going to squeeze out of that fruit. Like congratulations to both parties yeah. for having that level of longevity and that success. And as a fellow metalhead to a, uh, I'll miss having him be there. <laughs> um, so I I love David de Gea. I mean, he's been the, the goalkeeper ever since I've been a United fan, um, and I he's one of the few players I got to watch them play. Like even when United were bad, he was like a prime world class player. So I you know I've gotten to appreciate some some really good years of David de Gea. So shout out to him. Yeah,
1: and um,
0: Debravka though
1: you know. Mm-hmm. I mean good news for know. good Good news for the rest of the locker room that doesn't have to listen to Avenged Sevenfold anymore uh,
0: yeah I mean post
1: post like post nightmare, nightmare I guess is yeah post not, Nightmare yeah.
0: is it, yeah I'm not listening to anything post when they started doing Call of Duty soundtrack songs that's when <laughs> I kind of was out on on Avenged Sevenfold Yeah, but man they used to have some bangers mm. they were like I mean, they were gateway metal for me because I I listened. Yeah. To, one, I mean, once I listened to Unholy Confessions and I realized that I liked that. It just started getting heavier and heavier after that. So was that like waking up? That was bench seven pole. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, they, they had a good run. That those like uh, mid two thousands. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, um, I guess that's going to do it for this podcast. We talked about you, music you instead that- of movies for once.
0: Yeah, that was that was pretty good. I mean, do you want to talk about Avatar the Way of Water?
1: I haven't seen it yet. Um, I wasn't really planning on seeing it. Um I was uh, my movie plans started this week as like, hey, I'm gonna have some time Thursday, Friday, because I'm not traveling for Christmas anymore, which is sad. But you know, maybe I can take myself to the movies. Um, what's playing? Only Avatar. Okay. Uh maybe I'll watch something at home instead. Uh I still haven't seen Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Um, so that's high on my list. I also need to see the Banshees of Ed That's that's next Um, on my list is uh, the
0: Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Um, Ed Sheeran, yeah, very very excited to watch that. I love um, uh, Martin McDonough movies. Yeah, Uh, maybe Uh, that was when I saw the cast and the the director. In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths are amazing.
1: Yeah, in In Bruges is like. Possibly a formative movie for me. Uh, That is like, yeah,
0: it's incredibly important. What a film. Right. Um, I, I loved seven psychopaths. Like that was, yeah, seven psychopaths. I wouldn't say that uh, unlocked Sam Rockwell for me. Like I had seen him in some other stuff. I really liked him, but after seven psychopaths, like I just had to consume every last piece of Sam Rockwell content. Yeah. Um, and he allegedly might be back to reprise his role as, um, justin hammer and armor wars okay. so i better see him like do his dance moves again like mm-hmm. bring him back oh man uh, yeah i'm trying to think
1: of what unlocked sam rockwell for me now i think it might have been the way way back um because that was a good that was a nice role for him He he was very charming and a good guy uh Moon was also a movie, one of his movies that I saw early on that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Sam Rockwell, underrated. The, he's like yeah. the number one un- underrated cuz everyone says he's underrated. So maybe he is actually <laughs> properly rated.
0: He's also right. gotten I, I would... like
1: an Oscar nomination by now, I think.
0: Yeah, he got an Oscar nomination for Three Billboards. Um alongside him I would like to also another uh generic uh, looking gen X white guy who's in- incredibly talented. Um, this is only on top of my mind because I watched uh Hell or High Water like two nights ago. Ben Foster, Ooh. yeah,
1: not not Manchester, former Manchester United goalkeeper Ben Foster, but actor no. Ben Foster,
0: yeah, actor Ben Foster, very good.
1: Who played Hell or
0: High Water, very he was, good. Movie. He was
1: the brother for Chris Pine in that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that is a good movie. Um,
0: it was a very good movie.
1: If you liked, um, Shoot, what's it called? No Country
0: for Old Men,
1: you will like this movie.
0: Yes. A little slice of Americana for any of our fans that are uh, our listeners who are not not necessarily uh, well versed in what West Texas is like. (laughs) And
1: if they're even still listening at this point.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you think they turned off after they heard us mention the, the name Matt Shadows? Uh, lead singer of Vengeance Sevenfold. <laughs> I don't think we mentioned
1: his name yet. I think we just mentioned Vengeance oh, Sevenfold. Yeah,
0: I mean the, the was it the, the Rev R I R.I.P.
1: the Rev. Um, um, sinister had, gates. Johnny, yeah, sinister
0: gates, Zachy Vengeance, and Johnny Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and then a- after the Rev's tragic passing, you had Mike Portnoy, <laughs> a much more normal name, right? But an incredible drummer uh, for all yeah. my Dream Theater heads out there.
1: Yeah, they, they yeah. Listen to what was it like Waking the Fallen through the, the White Album. Those are those are all really good. Nightmare's pretty good. Oh too. the self titled. Yeah. yeah self titled. All right. Well, we're gonna sign yeah, off. Pro- um yeah, we're we got sign off,
0: <laughs>
1: We got Nottingham Forest next week. Uh we should beat them. I don't have a whole lot else to say on them. We'll possibly a more... return game. Yeah right. We we might will possibly have more World Cup players back than I anticipated. Uh, I did not think that Bruno Fernandez or Casemiro or even Marcus Rashford would play in this one, but they did, and they looked good. So I
0: mean, um, if, if Lisandro is not still drunk, I mean he's got a real shot to come back. Just he didn't play as many minutes for Argentina as I would have liked. I'm sure Varon of Varon's the person who's going to need the most time before coming yeah. back outside of what Harry Maguire has got like a real like a real real sickness.
1: Yeah, I would expect uh, if Maguire is healthy he would start um going to party. He's going to be like I imagine Lissandra Martinez is like 2016 J.R. Smith. He's probably got his shirt off still.
0: Oh, uh, he's 20 2018 drinking, Alexander Ovechkin drinking straight from Stanley the champagne, up. yeah. But you know uh, this this is a different argument but do we is the World Cup trophy truly elite if you cannot drink out of it? Hmm. Like, you have to two-hand, you know? You gotta double fist. You gotta hold the trophy, and then you gotta hold a beer. You can't put beer in said trophy. Right. I, I think it's a little bit of a knock. Even the community shield, I mean, you gotta you know drink like <laughs> a dog, but, I mean, you could <laughs> realistically drink like, out yeah. of it. I mean it's kind of
1: to. but also I would anyone say that that's an elite trophy. <laughs> uh, well George well Mourinho. both Man United and Liverpool do because they count it in their ongoing yeah. who has the most trophies war. So yeah.
0: Count them. All right. All right, now that we're talking about the community shield we really Yeah, we it. really
1: need to go. So thank you all for listening. Uh we'll be back sometime next week. Potentially post
0: game Nottingham Forest but no promises. So um yeah, we'll see you next time.